Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Layton's Loft, where you can find us each and every Wednesday, approximately at 4.30 Eastern Time, yeah. um, where I hang out with my good buddy Lou and the rest of the Breaking Maniacs, some people that follow us just on uh, our Just Collect account, and kind of everyone in between. So welcome yep. today, everybody. Thanks for joining us. How are we doing? I'm liking the beard. I'm liking the beard more and more. Yeah, well, we're rolling with it potentially for the weekend. You want to know why, Lou? This is going to be the first time we're announcing it. So we're not only setting up the Philly show, uh, and I kind of feel like for us, twofold. One, we get to you know meet a bunch of folks, do a bunch of business in person, which is always, you know, listen, doing business online is fun. Doing business in person is more fun. Yeah. Um, but then you always have the chance of what could happen, uh, you know, in terms of collections or athletes or you know, our buddy Drew is flying in from VB South for a couple of days. Nice. So we're going to be hanging out with him. Yeah. Yeah. He convinced me to somehow get him an airline ticket. Um, <laughs> and uh, his response was, hey, man, I think I need a new Vintage Breaks t-shirt. He called me today. He said, it's kind of cracking a little bit. And I said, you know, yeah, if we could swing and get you a plane ticket, we could probably give you another t-shirt. <laughs> um, so he's going to be joining us as well. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. But on this Saturday, now, I feel like a lot of the conventions, Lou, um, they're slowly getting back into the athlete appearances yep. and the athletes are slowly getting back into their appearances, right? Depending on health and risk and all that kind of good stuff right. and how they feel about things. Um, and so my good buddy, Joe Drellick, uh, who runs the Philly show, I think you can find them at the Philly show.com. Um, uh, asked me, uh, did I check out any of the athletes that are going to be appearing? Would I be interested in opening any packs with any of them? Um, and you know, admittedly, right. You want to open packs with all of them. But you can't do that, Lou, for whether it be right. economic reasons, time, or other. So I usually narrow it down to one or two and hope, and hope we get one. Um, and so we do have one this Saturday. Very excited. Uh, Mitch, the Wild Thing Williams, will be joining us live from the show. Oh, talk, wow. Talk baseball. Joe told me he's a handful uh, yeah, in a good I way. Imagine. Yep. In a good way. Uh, so super excited to have him join us. We'll figure out what we're going to open with him. Might even just ask him uh, what he'd like to open. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun this Saturday. Oh, that sounds great, actually. Yeah, he'll be fun. I think I've interviewed him twice, I think, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be great. Uh, we will be buying all weekend at our Just Collect booth. We also have our Vintage Breaks booth um, that will be in the same location. We'll be breaking all weekend as well. Uh, my buddy Liddy, who I went to high school with, his first name is Matt. He's a lawyer. He's an author. Most importantly, he's a really dear friend of mine. So he's got two boys he's bringing to the show. And, you know, a couple of years ago, they would just kind of like help at the booth for a few minutes. Yep. But I think we graduated them. They're going to be opening a pack with us live from the show. <laughs> so they're, they're really excited. And, you know, it's, it's nice, Lou, to be able to do those kinds of things for your yep. friends' kids. And, yep. you know, I, I don't remember too many of my friends growing up that, that really handled baseball cards for a living, certainly for fun. Yeah. Uh, so I feel very fortunate to be able to kind of pass that on, uh, you know, to my friends and their kids and stuff. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot. Of, yeah, that'll be fun. It, always fun to work the kids and always fun to get the second generation involved. Oh, very much so. Uh, and so, um, you know, if you can, if you're in the area, uh, it's right near the King of Prussia Mall. Valley Forge Casino uh, is actually upstairs. <laughs> Tyler's got a great idea. He says, don't open a 93 Tops with Mitch Williams so Joe Carter doesn't show up. I say open a 93 Tops. Oh, yeah. To no, see I if gotta... Joe Carter <laughs> shows <Abs> up. Absolutely. <laughs> see, you know, you always have to, like, these kind of things, you have to see when you meet someone in person, like, how, like, you know, basically, candidly, how far can you go? Yeah. So, you know, we'll have to see. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I have 93 Tops. It's accessible. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be good. Um, switching gears for a moment, I encourage folks to check out our blog. Uh, it's on blog.justcollect.com. We just released a doozy of a new blog today. It is about the pickles and the 1952 tops cards that came from Canada uh, in our recent find led by J5 and Sam. Uh, it was a really cool collaboration on both of their part and the office to get it in. Um, so you can read that full story and all the details behind it. Um, and the pickles, I guess, are part of the story as well. Um, they're on our blog, uh, full story at blog.justcollect.com. And in that story, uh, I mention a number of things about the 52 Tops Mantle Lou. Uh, and one of the things is that um, there's only three PSA 10s graded to date. So I recently had a reporter, hey, what's up, Tom? Uh, I recently had a reporter named Alex reach out to me from Sports Illustrated. Mm -hmm. And what's up, Rocco? Um, he uh, asked me a number of questions about the 52 Mantle, you know, asked about my kind of background in the business and said, hey, 
basically, do you have some time to chat about it? So sure, you know, Sports Illustrated, we can, we can make that work. Sure. Um, so fast forward, uh, Alex is very interested in finding out about one of the, the three Mickey Mantle PSA 10s, which we don't know the owner of, uh, meaning publicly, and um, asked We don't know any of the three? No, we know two of the three. Oh, we know two of the three. It's, it's okay, actually, and one. if you want to know two of the three, you could read about it in our blog, Lou. So okay. that's how you get people over to the blog. That's right. Um, so uh, he wanted to know if I could help him, you know, figure that out. And so I said, hey, well, matter of fact, my first job after college when I graduated in 2000, and look how ratty this is, but this is my copy. This is um, the baseball card kid, Mark Murphy. Nice. I used to answer the phone every day, Lou, for two years. It was a, it was a blast. Baseball kid. Because baseball <laughs> card kid was too long. Yep. Baseball kid, though, sounded great. So Mark's father was an owner for a brief time of one of the three Mickey Mantle PSA 10s. Mm -hmm. So Mark's kind of off the grid these days, but, you know, every now and then I, I talk and connect with him on email, Lou. Uh, and so um, he asked if I could help him um, basically connect with Mark. Because, like I said, when he's off the grid, like right. I, don't, I want to say he's Benoit Benjamin style, you know, <laughs> um, but, but he's definitely off the grid. And unless you have a way to get in touch with them, like you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to, right. you know, to yeah. do that. So um, needless to say, Mark emailed me back that day. Just very surprised uh, and happy um, and uh, was able to connect him and Alex. And so the article's not come out yet, but I gave a shout out to Alex uh, in our blog post. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what information he's uncovered in his journey trying to figure out. Because I would imagine, Lou, it's not just who owns them today, but it's kind of like who is the custodian yeah. of them along the way. How does the 10 exist? That's what I'm kind of curious. How does a 10 from 1952 exist? Sure. So there was a find back, uh, may rest in peace, Alan, Mr. Mint Rosen, uh, made a find of, oh, I don't know, at this point, several thousand of 52 tops high number cards that were in great shape. And so a lot of the, uh, not all of them, Lou, but a lot of the high-grade 52 tops mantles today that are in PSA holders, um, and SGC holders for that matter, um, are attributed to the Mr. Mint find. Um, and so... Uh, it was just fun to be able to help Alex and hopefully see if we can help him connect the dots and, uh, you know, see what kind of story he uh, turns up. Wow. Now, this brings up a question for me. These, uh, you mentioning the holders and the casings, the graded casings and things like that. What are the earliest examples of that? When did all of that start? Um, you mean the grading of cards? That or that cards came in those hard, those solid holders that would protect an older card for a long period of time. Oh, sure. So, I mean, you know, PSA didn't start until the 90s, mm -hmm. but those some of those other kinds of holders you're talking about, Lou, like screw downs and things of that yeah. nature, um, they started in the 80s. Okay. Uh, and so I can't tell you exactly when, but, you know, I definitely know that they became very popular in the 80s. And, you know, I, from my collection, I remember calling them screw case cards because yeah. I didn't have that many of them. And, you know, you'd spend like two or three or four bucks to buy a big, you know, thick Lucite holder, put yeah. your card in there. And, um, you know, uh, word of caution about those, um, you realize we're kind of going off more on the tangent, but I think this is really useful information for a collector. If you have any cards stored in screw downs, um, you should remove them uh, as soon as possible because what happens is the card with all that pressure on it can basically have like glazing that ends up appearing on it. Oh. Uh, and, and effectively, I'm going to show you right now, it's unfortunate because I didn't even call me up, but I know he doesn't watch the, uh, the show as we just crossed past. But, um, you know, this is a Michael Jordan rookie that we sent into PSA and we just got back. And if you look at it, it says altered. Mm -hmm. So I didn't look at it more closely yet. But usually if it doesn't say like altered, trimmed or altered something else, there's a really good chance that it was one of those cards that were um, in a screw down oh. and ended up. So I'm going to take a better look at it for the gentleman. But what happened was, Lou, we wanted to make him an offer. Uh, we weren't really, you know, close enough on the uh, on the collection. And then he asked if we would get the Jordan grade and we would buy it based on what it would grade. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. Um, but as you can see, you know, keeping cards and screw cases yeah. uh, doesn't always, you know, work out for you. So that 52 mantle would have had to have gone close to 30 years without any kind of significant protection. Oh, I mean... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I would say firsthand that, you know, even though I haven't gotten many, um, I've received a couple tens through the years from the 50s and 60s. 
on cards that we bought from, you know, inheritances or families yep. that, um, you know, have had them since the year of issue. And, you know, it's kind of wild, Lou, but, you know, if you acquired, let's say, a stack of cards or postcards in year of issue and you didn't really play with them, you just put them neatly in a shoebox. Right. And you didn't throw that shoebox around like a football. <laughs> you know, and to be fair, right, you have the centering gods on your, your side that day. Right. You know, there's chances of high grades for cards. We've seen it enough. Um, so uh, I wanted to announce today's seven <laughs> prizes and uh, even more of a reason to tune into our show live as opposed to just listen to it, yep. uh, you know, on your favorite podcast platform. Um, so today we're going to be, excuse me, giving out seven prizes. First place is going to be a $50 break credit to vintagebreaks.com. Uh, the next three places will be a spot in a 1986 Tops football pack. And the next three places will be a spot in a 1984 Tops football pack. Seven prizes in all. And we'll be giving those away at the end of the show today, leading into our nice. Vintage Break show, which starts at approximately 5.30. And you can find us, of course, always on YouTube.com slash just, excuse me, Vintage Breaks, as well as our Facebook account. You have to comment on the right account so people that are yep. new or if you just joined us, there are two uh, videos of these out on uh, Facebook and YouTube, one of which has this show full screen. Those are the feeds that you want to be on. The other one has it on top of the uh, break split uh, format that you guys use for, for breaking. That's the one you don't want to be on. So, But make it easier on yourself. Go to Layton's Loft on Facebook and, and watch us there. And you'll be uh, that's only one feed on there, so you'll be in, in the correct feed. So, Lou, there is a uh, situation going on with the bank. Now, I can't say it's just my bank. This is why I'm bringing it up. Mm -hmm. You're going to see how I'm going to bring it to the national and, and tie it all together. So we're going to the Philly show tomorrow. I asked J5 to call the bank for us to reserve some cash and be going to tomorrow. And, you know, normally it's not an issue. But on occasion over the last few months, it's, it's been a little crazy. You know, at one, one time they told me it was a run on stimulus checks. I'm like, wait a minute. It's the bank. No, yeah. no, this is not like my mattress. It's the, it's the bank. I don't get right. it. So, well, you um, know, Leighton, your money isn't in the bank. Your money is in Joe's house and it's in Doris's house. And it's oh, in I know. oh, I know. <laughs> I know it better than anyone these days. So tomorrow, Lou, I'm going to two banks, no less than two banks mm -hmm. to get. I don't even think I'm taking out as much as I want, but I'm going to get you know, as much as they'll give me, uh, meaning of what I'm asking for. And yep. so I'm bringing it up because we talked about this last week and we're starting to share more tips about the national. Um, and now I'm being, you know, well, I was being sincere the whole time, but now I'm being sincere in terms of I want to help collectors. I understand mm -hmm. we, we all have different budgets. So this is not to try to show off. It's so I specifically did not name a number. However, if you are someone who's going to take out, and it may seem kind of crazy. Uh, what's up, Bernie? But if you're going to take out ten dollars or $20,000 or more from your bank, and you're going to give them one day's notice. Yeah. Not only would I suggest calling them the day before, I would suggest calling them minimally a week before, if not more. Um, because if everyone does that and you happen to be in a fairly populated city, um, my guess is there may be a run on cash. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't think in New Brunswick, New Jersey, there will be per se. But for example, in the Chicago bank surrounding the card show, I'd oh, like, yeah. I, I don't mean the ATM machines. I mean the actual bank. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, I, could see, uh, I could see a run on actual cash. Uh, and so, you know, I know myself for vintage breaks and just collect, uh, we will, you know, go there, uh, with a bunch of cash, um, and just seeing, you know, the issues to bring out cash for the Philly show, uh, it made me, you know, think that I should mention it to the audience, because if you're going to try to just bring, yes, I understand it's a lot of money to some and, yep. you know, for others, they're not going to be able to bring that much, but for many, you know, Lou, there's a lot of collectors that are going to bring 25,000 cash in the national yep. because for whatever, whatever, Whatever reason or another, meaning they're not only going to spend the money, but they're also smart enough to know that twenty-five thousand in cash probably gets you twenty-seven five in checks. Yeah, right. Of merchandise. Yeah, we talked about and that last week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm making up the the you know the the formula, but there's no doubt in my mind that you can do better in cash. Um, not every dealer is like people come up to me and say, "Well, you do better in cash." It doesn't matter because I'm running it all through my business. Right. But but for some people, it's not like you know, it's not always like that. Right. And even if it's as little as a thousand or a little less than a thousand, you shouldn't leave it to the last day to try to get this cash because it's not easy to do. 
It's not easy to do at all. Like I said, I I, I was very surprised for tomorrow because uh, I basically just I just went to a new branch of Wells Fargo, and I don't mean to call them out, but it's who I bank with uh, for business. And like the branch is a decent size. I'm getting less cash from that branch than I am the smaller branch in downtown Maplewood. And the guy is telling me like, in order to get out as much as I asked for, like you got to call. And I'm like, I just figured I'll talk to him in person so I can understand better and make sure I call. But I'm just suggesting that people are going to be wanting to take out cash for the national. And if you wait till Chicago to do it, it's going to be a big mistake. Yep. That's all I really wanted to say about that. Yep. No, good advice. Good advice. Yeah. If you're going to play the cash game, you get a plan ahead. Yep. Um, I do have my sneakers ready to go. Uh, Julie asked my plan for them. Um, well, I bought them when I was away in AC. I told you I, we, we tortured yep. Crosby a little bit. So we ended up at the Adidas and, and the other outlets. I didn't get into Nike. The line was too long. But I think I have – they're called the Adidas, like Zoom. It's what I had two years ago, and I walked 37 miles during the week of the National. Uh, so, Jessica, you are, yes. Hey, what's up, Jessica? Um, so uh, we got those ready to go. I'll break them in about a week before the show. And uh, be ready to go for there. So we'll be talking about the national a lot uh, over the next few weeks. Um, really excited uh, to announce, of course, not just the uh, Just Collect booth, but we also have uh, two vintage breaks booths within the Case Break Pavilion. And I was just talking to, excuse me, uh, you know, one of our, if you will, vendors today that sells wax but also has some of the goodies. And he was telling me a couple of the things he has. And I said, you know, what are you trying to do to me? <laughs> and he said, well, I, I know you're going to be bringing a bunch of cash lately. So that's why I was bringing up. And I said, oh, well, you know, we can do a deal now. I said, no, no, I'm going to make you wait. Uh, people are very strange about the National. They like to, like, show off their stuff and have it there. I, I get it. I understand. Anthony asks if uh, people deal in Zelle at the shows. Um, I don't know uh, all the different things that folks deal in. And by the way, Lou, because we're doing this on my phone today, I really can't. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I wanted to see if I can see the comments, but apparently yeah, I can't. I think there's a way you can see the comments on the phone. I haven't done the phone in a while. All right. Well, I can't see it for right now. So just wanted to let everyone know. I can see every now and then where it pops up and someone says hi. Yeah. Uh, or I see this comment about Zell. Um, so I would say PayPal is definitely the most popular. Um, some of the vendors take credit cards. Um, a bunch of people take, you know, PayPal through that, like that little thing that goes on your phone, you, you know, swipe or whatever. Um, but, you know, in the end, um, definitely cash is best. We've dealt with a few checks even yeah. of recent years. I mean, you know, there's still some people that, you know, um, buy via check. Uh, and I think that more than ever this year, um, folks will be into trading. And that's because, uh, you know, the market's very volatile, Lou. And yeah. so if you have a lot of stuff locked up in assets, i.e. cards, yeah. it may be a lot easier to, let's say, get certain deals done or as part of other deals, meaning some cash and some trade. Um, uh, you know, I think that um, that will be helpful, you know, as well to have like a few cherries like that. You could pull out and say, you know, man, I know we're 1500 off. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, let me give you this card. And the guy's like, it's only worth 1200 Sure. Do you want to do a deal? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just saying it's, yep. like a, it's a good way to bridge a gap without actually needing 1500 Um, And then, uh, yep, um, TriStar and our friends from the National did announce the uh, big autograph uh, lineup. Yeah. Very, very excited. Um, I already know uh, there's a couple athletes that we have our eye on. One of them who I've talked to his agent before, his name is JB, and he represents none other then Barry Sanders. Uh, man, I'm definitely going to be trying to get Barry Sanders for the national to hang with us for a few and open some packs. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to interview him because he was one of those guys like growing up for me, you know, him, Michael, Larry, like I, I feel like I might, you know, end up having difficulty getting words out. Oh, so that would be tough for you. That'd be, we all have those ones that would, you know, we're professionals. We talk to people all the time, but every once in a while you run into a guest that gets you a little tongue tied. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Barry Sanders might be that for us. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, there's really a great group of folks. Uh, George Iceman Gervin's going to be there. Big Poppy. Uh, James Ooh. Worthy's first ever national. Um, absolutely, Kev. Big Poppy's going to be there. Big Poppy. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know it is because he was one of the first athletes they mentioned and showcased. I know, but <laughs> do we need do we need to be running bake sales for Big Poppy at this point? Does he need to go out and sign some autographs? You know, I... Uh, he made some money up here. I, know, I agree. I, know that. I, don't, I yeah. don't pretend to know what the deal is. <laughs> um, you know, but I would say that some athletes, and I'm not suggesting in the case of Big Poppy, they could be doing it as an overall package. Yep. 
you know, meaning, hey, they're supposed to do nine things and this is one of them. Right. Um, they also could be doing it tr- um, for charity. Uh, and so, you know, not all of them are going to say. Uh, and so I agree with you, Lou. I think he's made a lot of money, but I do think there's a lot of people that want to meet him. Yeah. Oh, um, God, that'll be great. Are you kidding me? He's very affable and uh, he'll, he'll just be great. Just the pictures alone, the selfies along with him are going to be great. So it's funny. I personally, like as a Yankee fan, do I respect Big Poppy? Yes. I don't really love him as a player because he wasn't on my team. But I'll tell you, if he would do, hey, what's up, Chris? Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, Barry's on top of my list for the national. Uh, no doubt. Uh, there is some great Celts. There's going to be, you know, really a great, you know, lineup uh, of people. Um, yeah, you can buy stuff. You're, you're, you can buy stuff there to get signed, Chris. Um, it's a great question, actually. So, Lou, Chris Coe is asking, can yes. you buy stuff for athletes to get signed there or do you have to, like, bring it with you? And in most cases, they will have stuff there. But I would say, it's a great question, Chris, the more obscure an athlete is, the yeah. less of a selection that will be there. So, you know, if you want, I'm making it up, uh, first time ever in this country, uh, really rare wrestler. Like, I wouldn't count on a lot being offered. You might want to go with your own stuff. Plus, you're not getting the best price there for, for that. Oh, Although, no. I mean, are you yeah. kidding me? It's like going to the circus and they offer you the toy right as you walk in for your kid. And you're like, that's a really uh, bad ripoff. And I remember we went down to Atlantic City. We took Crosby to, um, like, the Steel City Pier right before it started raining because it was a bad weekend uh, a few weeks back. Yep. And literally, as soon as you walk in, they have this toy. I mean, it's like $35. And we really do spoil Crosby. But there was just <laughs> something about it, Lou. It was like a really bad deal. Yep. And the person hooked us up. She's like, oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's going to break in a minute. And yep. we're like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we took the money. And I'm sure we spent it in three minutes later in the, in the place. Um, but uh, Crosby was not upset by it, you know, even one bit. I get in a lot of trouble up here because with Big Poppy, my contention is Big Poppy is the most important player in franchise history. And oh, wow. of course, all the old all the old people, you know, talk about Ted Williams and Yaz comes up every now and again. And Pedro is certainly a viable, uh, you know, a viable candidate there. But Big Poppy is the most important player in Red Sox history, in my mind. I don't know enough about Red Sox history to say. I mean, like I know the I know the the high level stuff, Lou, right? I yeah. know Teddy Ballgame, I know Yaz. I know where Ruth started, you know, so I know all that stuff. Um, thanks, Sooner. Appreciate it. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say that um, it just threw me off. Uh, we're definitely going to be doing a vintage break signing of a rare baseball and giving it away at the show. We'll be doing some really fun stuff. Um, yeah, see, Chris, you're my perfect kind of customer. Yeah. Once you hit the floor, price sensitivities out the door. Chris Coe, please stop at the Just Collect group for all of your retail vintage cards needs as soon as you get to the National. Because I got a feeling in row number 17, Chris Coe won't be in the same shape. He's going to say, Layton, do you want to buy this card? Chris, didn't you just text me earlier you bought this? Yeah, but, you know, remember you said it was going to be tough to get cash? Yeah, well, I just tried to get more and I can't. There's going to be a lot of that adrenaline flowing at this show, too. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be wound oh, up. Oh, listen, to a certain extent, a certain extent um, and shout out to my friend uh, Steve Berkman from Clean Sweep Auctions. They have a really nice auction ending tonight. You can check them out at csauctions.com. Um, Lou, it's kind of like an auction. That's why I brought it up. Yep. You know, a regular card show, eh, you'll go back to next month, there's a card show. The National? No, 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 no. <laughs> You're going to talk about what you bought at this year's National, literally for a year, and obviously, we didn't know, but some cases, two years. Um, and I will tell you, it's if you buy quality, and I don't want to – this is not about me selling anything. This is about advice. If you buy quality, it will likely – it will. I can't guarantee it, right? If you buy at the peak, of course, but you know, try not to buy the hottest thing. If yep. you buy quality, you will be well-served in the future. So uh, is there ever a situation at the national where um, there is quote unquote an auction? In other words, will someone come up to um, on a card early in the show and the dealer will say, okay, I understand your interest, but I'm going to see what, what it's going to draw in the rest of the show. Well, it's not really an auction. They're just, they basically try to get an offer from you. Great, great question, Lou. Um, So they'll come to, they'll try to get an offer for you. And I'll tell you, this is, I'd love to do a little role play, Lou, if that's cool. Yep. So if you're the guy trying to sell me something, Right. You can say, hey, late, you know, I'm just getting to the show. Uh, what do you want to pay for this graded whatever? Yeah. You know, Lou, it's really nice to meet you, uh, buddy. I heard you got a really nice spot at Layton's Loft. I've enjoyed your content. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so, of course, the next obvious question, Lou, is I'm going to ask how much do you want for it? And they're going right. to say to me, 9 out of 10, I don't know. I'm fielding offers. Yeah, Great. okay. That's what I was wondering, yeah. 
So here's the here's the problem, Lou. And I really like it, by the way. It's a very nice mustache, really digging the hair. Um, <laughs> but the issue is, Lou, if I give you an offer, what's to say you're going to bring it to someone else and you're going to take $5 more than I'm telling you? Right. So are you willing to sell it right now? And they're going to say to me, I don't really want to. And so depending on what the card is and the situation, I still might be willing to give an offer. Yep. Or, what's up, Bri? Um, I might say to them, likely would uh, latter say this, but it doesn't always work. I tell you what, I don't know if you've ever heard of our company, Just Collect. We bought and sold nearly $50 million of cards in our, you know, since inception. Um, you know, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Here's the thing. Why don't you go and try to get your best offer? And if you bring it to me, I'll try to, buy, I'll try to beat it by at least 5%. And if I can't, I will tell you you've done well. And at the very least, you've confirmed that you've done well for yourself. Right. And I would say that that's done well for me in a situation where someone doesn't want to sell right away, but they're also trying to get value. See, if you yeah. just say you want to pay the most, they're like, yeah, so does every other Tom, Dick, and you know, Harry. <laughs> yeah. But if you say to them, not only will I try to pay the most, but if I can't, I will confirm with you that you've got a fair deal. That's pretty good. Yeah. There's value there. Will there ever be a situation where uh, you get, you'll ask, what's the buy now price for this card? And on day one of the show, it's going to be a different price than it is on the last day of the show. Oh, are you kidding me? That's yeah. common knowledge. But for those yeah. that don't know, common knowledge. <laughs> However, I would make this very clear now. Like Chris Coe is going with a list of cards. I know some of the cards on his list. They're very special. If you're buying them in low grade, easier to get. The point is, if you go to the National with a want list looking for a Mona Lisa and you find it, don't fucking wait. Yeah. Buy the card. If you think the card's going to be there in two days, it likely will. If you get a pit in your stomach when you walk away and think it might not make the day, it probably won't because guys like me come yeah. up and like, wow, that's a really great card. <laughs> I might yeah. want to buy that, Lou. Well, Chris has no money sensitivity in the show, so he'll be fine. He'll just buy the thing. I figured he would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like uh, I that, said. That's the thing, right? Instinct and that pit of your stomach feeling. If you are uncomfortable walking away from the deal over – what I don't know what the difference would be five percent or whatever, you know, don't do it. You know, pay the extra five percent. So I don't even really know how much of this we could talk about, but honestly, that's what makes the show great. Uh, we figure, you know, ask for forgiveness later. So <laughs> let's just say we paid a lot more for our case break pavilion boost than we wanted. Yep. And the person, hey, what's up, Andy? Um, <laughs> I just <laughs> saw it. I see. I can see J five in that shirt at the oh, show. I can, see, I can yeah. wear that definitely on day six yep. of the show. Are you kidding me? When I have a beer <laughs> in my hands, absolutely. Um, so anyway, kind of getting back to center for a minute. So I didn't want to buy the boosts for the uh, pavilion. They were really expensive. Yeah. And I was talking to the team about buying one versus two. Um, but you know, just in terms of the actual sheer space we need, it was really difficult to pull it off. Sure. And then uh, let's just say the gentleman uh, that's running the pavilion. Um, let me know that, hey, not a big deal. If you don't want to buy both booths, I got a list of people like I'm oversold. Yeah. And so here's the thing. You can call bullshit and yeah. see if you're right. What I'm getting to is what if there is no bullshit? What if we couldn't have had two booths today? So you know what I did? I bought the booths <laughs> and I paid up. Just yep. like I'll do with the National if I see something on that first day. Listen, I can tell you the first day my buying activity is very high. Hey, what's yep. up, chef? Um, well, go Yankees, not twinsies. Um, chef, are you going to make it out to the national this year? I uh, hoping so. Cause that, that's, so that's interesting. But I, so I'm guessing in J five before you came on J five and I were talking about poker a little bit and it's a bit of a poker game, isn't it? At the show oh. for even right from buying it all, you need to read whether that guy has a waiting list of buyers or not, you know, so you have to, you have to kind of look into his eyes a little bit metaphorically and try to figure out if he's telling the truth or not. So I would tell you, at least in the case of the, no pun intended, Case Break Pavilion, I already know I don't need anyone to tell me. I could have sold my booth to the National this year for $5,000, meaning like, you know, thousands of dollars more than I paid for it for yeah. the Just Collect booth, because I know there's a big waiting list and there's people that actively want to get into the show. So it was just, I had enough information to know that even though I was paying a lot, um, I hope you can join us, Chef, yeah. um, that it was, it was something where I didn't think there was much poker to be played. Excuse me. I knew they're oversold. Yep. Well, see, so you should have bought a third and then sold the third one, and you know, cut into your, cut into your costs a little bit. But see, that's where I've learned, though. <laughs> Once you start to get into businesses, you don't understand. Yep. <laughs> you tend to get burned. Yeah, I hear that. So yeah. I'm sure when I bought a third booth, Lou, it would be, <laughs> oh, well, guess what, man? Plenty of booths. Oh, you want to sell? I'll give you half what you paid. 
Yeah. I didn't want to be a pig. I just wanted to get what we needed. Yeah. Well, see, and that's a great thing in business as well. That's a tip. Sometimes you don't need to make every last dollar. Sometimes you don't have to get the best bargain for every dollar. Sometimes you don't have to sell it for every last dollar. You know, so it's not always, not always, sometimes that gets you in trouble reaching for the extra, extra dollar. Uh, very much so. And I, I apologize. And, uh, you know, I'll be able to make it through, but I, I didn't feel great yesterday. Yeah. And I felt okay most of the day, but I feel like a little, uh, I guess nausea is the right word. <laughs> well, that, wouldn't been, be, that wouldn't I, be good. I, no, I mean, I've not been eating a lot of food today uh, just to kind of get back slowly. And I think that, uh, I think something's going on where I need to, like, you know, get some protein or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, you know, getting back to uh, the national, uh, we're going to keep everyone um, posted on details. We're looking to do an event on either Friday or Saturday night after the mm -hmm. show. Um, not sure exactly what on Compass. It might be happy hour and apps or it might be a dinner. You've got to see how many folks we'd be expecting um, and who can accommodate because it's a very busy week in that, you know, in that little strip of, uh, I mean, the hotels are crazy priced now. Things are going up. Yep. Um, you know, wildly in price. Uh, so I would say if you don't have your, um, if you don't have your room yet, make sure you at least reserve it. And even if you have to cancel, so be it. Yep. So do you have a shopping list like Chris that you're looking for specifically, or do you just go generally shop? So because I know it's in Chicago, um, I will have a few and, and it will just be Michael Jordan photos. Um, but you know, I collect photography. So I always look for photography, um, you know, especially for someone who, like myself, like I'll bring out stuff in the National, but I only bring out for sale once a year. Those are my favorite booths, Lou. Because yeah. even if you don't buy anything, it's kind of like being a little bit of a mini museum, but it's like a pop-up, you know, a pop-up museum in the sense of like it won't be there next week. Now, it's funny, uh, photography, because it's, it's interesting with all this NFT coming out. I've always wondered about the photography market because prints are prints. You can get a print of a photo and you can enjoy the photo just as much as, say, an original print or, or an original of the photo. So I've always wondered about the photo market and why it has so much heft to it. But it's kind of NFTs in a way. It's early NFTs, isn't it? I mean, it's comparable, I think, more to art in the sense of, you know, someone owns the original and then they make yeah. seriographs and then they make artist proofs and they make prints. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm biased, Lou. I'm a fan of original photography. And the reason is, and I'm sure this will sound very corny, but like it gets me, you mm -hmm. know, it, 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 it hits the right spot in the sense of like, you know, your emotion of how you feel about something. And so for me, and I love cards, certain cards will do that for me as well. Um, but it's a lot easier in some cases to point to an iconic moment that happened and know that you have one of the, I mean, there's not an unlimited amount of original photos uh, or type one. Right. Um, and so one of the photos that I regret selling, and I thought at the time I sold it for a lot and I did, but I bet you it would sell for a lot more. So I bought it on the floor of the national. Oh, I couldn't even tell you when at this point, but you know, within the last 15 years, um, it was a Wilt Chamberlain scoring his hundredth point. Oh yeah. Extremely rare photo. I've never seen another. Uh, I hope that I do, so I can have a chance to buy it. Um, so, Lou, I bought it on the floor of the National for, I'm going to tell you, 300 bucks, 250 bucks, yep. something like that. I knew I made a big score at the time. I just didn't know how big. Um, had sat on it for years, put it out for a couple Nationals for some crazy price. Um, you know, didn't sell it. And then just decided, you know, who know, I think, actually, I do know. I think we were buying our house. And I'm like, you know, we can we can liquidate some stuff to – to you know to contribute to the home right uh purchase and one of those items was the uh, wilt chamberlain 100th point photo and it sold in my good friend uh brian dwyer's uh, auction at Ro robert edward auctions you can look up uh, the history of it and sold for a little bit over ten thousand dollars holy cow um, wow and you know obviously a big score uh really big profit and of course the few folks that know that i owned it that can sign it to the auction tease me now and say late well do you know what that photo will be worth now and i said <laughs> Well, I don't fucking care because I don't own it anymore. And be, yeah. to be fair, I own, I took a high res image before I surrendered it. So I have it. Sure. Um, yeah. It could be worth 25 or 50,000. You know, wow. we've all, we've all been there and, you know, sold something before it went up to its peak value. Right. If we were going to do a pie chart of that, how much is the item itself and how much is the market expanding for, for type A photos? Oh, so it's a really great Type point, Lou. And not only that, but it's also one of the one of the iconic moments across all of sports that will likely never have the record broken. And furthermore, if you do the research like on the event itself, 
there was literally only had a few thousand fans there. So ticket stubs sell for thousands. Like everything's rare from that game. Yeah. Because it was in the middle of Pennsylvania and Hershey. And just, you know, no one was keeping anything at that time. There was only a few thousand fans. So, oh, that was at um, the Hershey Arena? That, yeah. That, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, Lou, there's, like, there's, there's nothing out there. So when I found it, I mean, I remember, like, I mean, I had the thing, Lou. I must have sat on it for a dozen years. You know, I enjoyed it thoroughly, uh, you know, but, you know, it comes a time, right, in a place for not everything, but a lot. Um, and so that was one of those times. And to be fair, once again, I was capitalizing very well at the time. Yep. Um, for one of a kind item, there is no way to prove it would sell for twenty five to fifty thousand. But I also think that my friends like to try to, you know, stick it to me a little bit and uh, maybe <laughs> maybe feel right. So, <laughs> so it's all good. Um, but speaking of buying things for yourself, um, certainly had nothing to do with that money. But I did buy something recently. Um, and I had not done this in a long time, um, but I thought it would be a fun way to acquire it. Um, and it came with a number of graded cards, which is what made it economical for me to do it. Um, so it is none other. Then the 1952 tops, look and see. But I bought Ooh. a complete. I bought a complete set. Oh wow! And I hadn't done that in a long time, Lou. But I did it because it's one of those sets where I really dig looking at all the cards. And now I, I realize I'm sounding like a big fucking card nerd. But that's <laughs> what that's what I am. So it's yep. okay. But it came with, and you're going to see. This is the reveal of the graded. The the graded were so good that like uh, the Rembrandt, by the way, is a short print, and that's a really good grade at six, Lou. Um, but I figured, and this is how crazy I am and how much of an old school collector I am. Um, oh, is that egg? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Genghis Khan. I mean, what a crazy set. <laughs> Sir Walter Raleigh. Yeah, but it's not as valuable as Genghis Khan's rookie card. That's true. General yep. George Patton. Yep. That's an eight. I mean, that's a badass card. Amelia Earhart in a seven. I mean, I'm oh, sorry. They... That's, that's fucking cool. How'd they find her? Well, they must have had a photo before she took off. Um <laughs> So anyway, Lou, I figured out on these cards alone that like approximately if I sold those, I would get most of, if not all of my money out. And I'm not even saying I'm going to sell these. Right. What happened was when they came in, I'm like, wow, I really love these. I don't think I'm going to sell them. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just the first sheet of the presidents in the set of 133 cards. Wow. How bad can the set be that has GW... <laughs> and Lincoln, Abe Lincoln in the first nine cards. Yep. And in the last nine cards, I'm going to flip it over. Henry the fourth, Henry Hudson, and Jonah fucking Ark. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. That's quite the set, isn't it? I know. I'm saying, like, I can't wait to show my wife because she's going to, of course, ask, why the hell did you buy this? What are you going to do with it? Yep. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but this is why I do what I do for a living. Does she still ask? Does she get in on the individual purchases? Um, you know what's great about Julie? She asked me more so like, did you buy anything cool? Yeah. So like when I bid in an auction, she kind of knows I'm doing it for business and I do enjoy it. But she's like, did you buy anything cool? Meaning for business or for yourself. Right. And I tend to try to save the business, even if it's a white lie, because like we don't really need to go here or there, you know? Well, I'm not sure you really know yourself. When you I don't really it, know, right? Lou, and yeah, see, yeah. you'd be a great attorney for me. Yep. He just yeah. doesn't know. He's yep. not coherent and he doesn't understand. To be determined, whether it's for personal or for the business. I'm watching Godfather of Harlem with uh, Forrest Whitaker. It's on, um, I don't even know. It's hard to keep track. One of the many streaming services, I think Epics. Yep. And um, one of the guys uh, from the Italian mob side of things is claiming that, you know, he's mindless. He doesn't know anything when he's out in public. Yeah. So I feel like I'm going to do that with cards. She's going to be like, <laughs> so did you buy this for yourself or your business? <laughs> what is the weather like today <laughs> no she's not gonna go for that no shit she's a really smart attorney there's no way yeah no just say i'm not sure yet that's exactly well that's that's the reality of it is i don't know yeah so that's my best defense <laughs> tyler asked if that show is any good would you recommend it i mean i think it's pretty good i don't think it's great but i think it's pretty good Yep. Um, the show with Kevin Costner, the Western that Gilmore and I like. Yellowstone. Oh, do you like it? I love it. I, oh my God, Lou! I'm anxiously awaiting the next season. I love it. I absolutely like that's love a badass. That's a badass show. That if it was on tonight, like here's the difference, right? Godfather of Harlem. If there was actually that's not true. I watched a few episodes because I was way behind. But like if the the that show's on tonight or Succession from HBO, which is a really yep. good show, um, I could watch a few shows. 
yeah yellowstone is just awesome it's just the, the first episode is an hour and a half the rest of them are much shorter but so good the first episode just it's game of thrones in montana is basically what and it it's is. like it's one of those shows lou where you can like the bad guy and feel okay no that's that's what right? i always how, bring up about cool the show kevin cool costner's that? character you despise and love at the same time Oh, what about his right-hand man? That guy's, like, despicable. But yet, oh, yeah. Rip? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he had, like, an amazing character. Yep. No, it's great. It's great. I, we don't know when the release date for the next season is. The other show that I'm really into and waiting for is The Boys. I don't know if you've seen that. The Boys. What's that about, Lou? It's a kind of a dystopic uh, superhero look. It's it's what it, Oh, Dom yeah. recommended to me. I saw a couple episodes. I felt like I had to pay attention more. Yeah. It's not like one of those where you could be multitasking. Um, yeah. But I dig the premise. Yeah, and it, it's very good. It's very, it's kind of tough to watch at times, but it's very good. Yeah, and I could, I could see, I see exactly what you mean. Um, since we have a few minutes here, Lou, um, I got a small SGC reveal back, mm -hmm. and I wanted to show it off if I may. Now, Lou, Jeff, are you able to? Oh, go ahead. Uh, Jeff Yellowstone. I think the first season is on uh, Flex. I think on NBC, uh, Peacock, and I think you get a pay for some of the other seasons just search on roku and you'll find it lou are you able to pull up our blog.justcollect.com so we can show off that new blog post uh blog at justcollect.com yeah blog as blog.justcollect.com what's up melch um melch you just reminded me uh and we are going to do this we're going to try to limit it so that we can actually accomplish uh and buy some cards for people but melch you had brought this up earlier we are going to uh take want lists from people like one or two or three graded cards that they would like me to look for as I um, travel the national, maybe all 37 miles of it. Um, and, you know, the national is one of the best places in the world to find that obscure, tough to find, you know, high grade or, or just difficult to find in general uh, cards. So hit me up, latenitjustcollect.com if you have something on your want list for the national and I will do my best to accommodate. Um, Lou, thanks for bringing that up. So this is our blog. You can find it at our website, blog.justcollect.com. This is our new blog on the full story on the Mickey Mantle Rookie Highlights Grandpa's Shoebox Collection from Canada. I love Mon – uh, Monty wrote the blog for me um, <laughs> and does a great job doing it. Um, and one of my favorite lines is towards the end uh, where it's like – or maybe it was in the beginning. I don't remember. But you got we got something that said like, hey, I have a Mickey Mantle 52 Tops uh, that I found amongst my grandpa's pickles. Like, how do you not get interested in reading more about that story? Yeah, yeah, I'm hooked. Right there, I'm hooked. I mean, you know, it's pretty uncommon, to say the least. That's the first line of a book, and that'll get you every time. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if we end up writing a book about all of our collections because we thought about it, that we might lead off of that, Lou. That would be good. That'd be a good opening line. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Lou, that might be a good project for us to collaborate on. Oh, a book on all the collections that you bought. I like it. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously you're kind of rehashing where the market is today, where it was at the time. It's, you know, a really good way to provide context and, and still provide fun stories that we have. I think it'd be great because all the stories that we've heard here on the loft uh, uh, about the purchases of these collections have been great, whether it's the Tupperware or whether it's the pickles or, yeah, you know, just the way things get passed down. It's always interesting. The, the uh, history of the cards is sometimes just as exciting as the cards themselves. Oh, very much so. It's funny because, you know, I didn't realize that, of course, it would be as good uh, in terms of, let's say, SEO and search for us as it has been. Um, but when we started telling these stories, Lou, it was because it was just fun. Yep. Well, you know, yeah. It provided a lot more context and perspective, like why this Mickey Mantle is, is cool or like why it was unique. And I remember being at Leland's, which is only my second job out of college. And I remember, if you will, trying to persuade PSA. And ultimately we did. We were the first auction company at the time to actually get them to encapsulate any card that was owned by someone famous. We had a 49 Bowman Jackie Robinson that was owned by Jackie Robinson. And oh, we got God. them to say that on the holder. And they're like, really? Uh, Leland's is like, what? you think anyone would care? I said, are you fucking kidding me? I have no money and I care. Yeah, Can you imagine exactly. someone has money? Yeah, the thing went for a lot more than it was supposed to sell for. I remember Meaning when you pulled the, the mantle. I remember when you pulled the mantle at the National, that was listed on the, the holder as well. Yeah, so yeah. And I think all of that kind of provenance um, you know, whether it be it adds an extra dollar or several dollars, you never know. Um, Listen, you have one of those cards in that collection with the grandmother who divvied up the cards and the shoe uh, boxes. I mean, cool. th that's a great story to tell. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I plan on telling each and every one of them to Crosby, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> He'll like it. I hope so. Um, so anyway, I wanted to share uh, briefly the small SGC reveal we just got back. 
Um, the reason why I'm sharing is candidly, we don't get back much from grading anymore. Um, because, uh, that's not true. I mean, we get a little bit back because PSA is finally catching up a little bit, but nonetheless, uh, fingers crossed they open on the first. So without further ado, here's a small SGC reveal. I don't know if you'll be able to see like the, you know, the quality of the card, but it's a nice yeah. looking three. That's for sure. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Love the satchel page. Uh, this is from the recent collection that we bought of play balls that were all uh, dated from 39 and from 40. They had that those issues on the front with the tape, so that's the DiMaggio. Yep. I really just got that slab because it's the number one card in the set um, and just thought it was worthwhile uh, financially. Uh, this is one of the nicest fours you'll ever see of a Kofax rookie. Just some yeah. honest, you know, a little bit of corner wear. Um, yeah, tilt really, the top back a little bit there. Tilt, tilt the top back to get the glare out. The top of the card towards you. There you go. Beautiful. That's a really nice looking four. I love that set. T206 Cy Young portrait. Nice. Everyone loves that card. Mm -hmm. 59 Tops Mantle All-Star and a four. Just a little askew, but other than that, it's a very nice looking card. Yep. Nolan Ryan Rookie. Um, really just got authenticated because it was wickedly off-centered. And I just felt like it would be a lot harder to sell the card ungraded. Right. So no problem getting it graded. Uh, this is a really nice, uh, well-centered SGC4 of a 68 Mantle. Um, and the reason why folks really dig Mantle's cards from like his last year or two, it's kind of fun just to be able to see his stats on a piece of cardboard yep. that you enjoy you know, collecting and get to see his whole entire career you know, and read it right in front of you. Tyler says, when I see the cards that list the specific collection on the slab, I always try to find them to buy. I think it's a genius idea. It makes the card a little bit more special. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, uh, I've been doing that for years with cards, just of collections I bought. I try to retain one. I'm not every collection, but but a lot of them. Um, and I just think it'll be fun to be able to show Crosby and, hey, if it goes for a few more dollars or what have you, that'll be wonderful. But I do think that uh, provenance is really important. Yep. Uh, and the lastly is a Gretzky Toss rookie in a four. Very short card. I think there's a wrinkle in it. But um, still, nonetheless, nice uh, Gretzky rookie. Those things are going for some money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think it is with the Gretzky, Gretzky rookie card? I mean, just hockey in general, but it still holds its value against against football and baseball, which are kings here. I think that, um, you know, in terms of Wayne Gretzky, right, Lou, and I don't, I don't profess to be any sort of hockey guru. It's definitely the fourth out of the major four sports I know in terms of, you know, my knowledge. But just looking at his stats, reading about it, I mean, he dominated the game. Like Babe Ruth is the Babe Ruth of sports uh, for baseball, excuse me. Sure. But he played how many years ago? I mean, Wayne Gretzky didn't play that long ago. Right. And so you could say what you want about Michael Jordan. He's the best. Some say that Wayne Gretzky was much better than Michael Jordan in terms of statistics and such. And it'd be hard to argue. Um, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. It absolutely so, is. So I, I think that when P and I, and I do believe this, Lou, you know, there's nothing to, to say what's right or wrong. But when you look at a card, you've been doing things as long as myself or other collectors have been collecting as long as they have. You know, Lou, after a while, you start to get to see, you know, trends and tendencies. And so you're like, you know, I think I should own a Gretzky rookie because I think they're reasonably priced. Yeah. And then if all of a sudden people act on that, the prices are going to go up. I, it's just interesting with hockey because the, hockey tends to go in eras and Gretzky dominated his era. Of course, there was... How before that, there was Mario Lemieux with Pittsburgh. There was Orr with the Bruins. Uh, you know, Bossy with the Islanders even had a, a very dominant period at that point. But for some reason, the Gretzky and Gretzky, it's hard to argue that he wasn't the greatest player. But still, I, it's, I find it interesting that he's so much more valued than some of those other guys, Bobby Orr especially. I mean, yeah, I mean, different time. Uh, stats mean a lot. Yeah. Uh, and Gretzky's stats are, are you know, mind boggling. So I think that's what he has going for him. Yep. And funny, it's funny with Jordan. Now Jordan won championships, but it was Julius Irving that, that changed the game, right? Uh, you know, you just saw Scottie Pippen, and I love Jordan. You just saw Scottie Pippen come out. He's releasing his book later this year. He's telling mm -hmm. the real stories behind the, you know, the last dance and, and how there never would have been six titles hung. And my point is, like, you don't ever hear someone say that about Gretzky. He had a good team. He really did. Yep. But But – he made everyone better, literally every single person better. Yep. Um, 
No, I haven't seen much 79 hockey melts. 79 hockey is not easy to find, whether it be Opeachy or Tops. Um, but certainly hoping to find that and much more at this summer's 2021 edition of the National Sports Collectors Convention happening in Chicago. If you're going to go, I encourage you start making reservations for food. If you can go to a ball game, get yourself a ticket. Um, I don't have a ton of flexibility in terms of like being able to do, let's say, ball games and stuff the way I used to. Because I pretty much work from the moment I get up in the morning to the moment I go to sleep other than trying to allow like a half hour, an hour to have a few drinks with people socially. Um, and I'll be honest, sometimes it's turned into three hours and the next day is a little yeah. bit rough. Um, <laughs> but we'll make it work. I love Mike's question because we could go a whole show on this. Who is the goat of goats? And Yeah, yeah I mean, you could, you could. You could have a whole show on it. And um, I think to, to, to start, if I was going to um, answer that, I would say, is it going to be truly a discussion of that? Or are we going to do it? I mean, I'm making it up, right? 1800s, 1900s, 2000s? Yeah. Or 50s, 60s? You know, I just, I, I'd like to know before I start engaging. I think it's relative to the era. For example, uh, when we talk about Babe Ruth, who won championships and literally changed the game, we've got Babe Ruth hitting more homers than some teams hit in his era. It was which that is, kind of dumb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, no, it's hard to ignore that. And the difference between Gretzky and Orr, for example, and I'm not going to argue that Orr is a greater player than Gretzky. I, I don't know if I can, but Bobby Orr changed the game. Uh, Julius Irving changed the game. Michael yeah. Jordan, to an extent, changed the game. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry changed the game. I mean, look what he's doing yeah. in the three-point line. I mean, Oh, yeah. So, uh, But anyway, um, we're going to uh, conclude uh, today's show here. We're going to give away those seven prizes uh, on the Vintage Break Show following us here. If you want to follow us uh, today for Vintage Breaks, tune in to youtube.com slash Vintage Breaks. We have a great show planned. Today was really fun, Lou, kind of being back in the actual loft, <laughs> doing, it, doing it from the confines of here. Uh, and you're doing it on your phone, huh? It's working really well. Came out great. Uh, appreciate the team getting me the equipment that we needed. And uh, I feel like we covered a lot of ground today in the show and a lot of interesting topics in between. So I appreciate everyone being here, and I hope that you all enjoyed the show as well. Everybody pass it along and bring a friend next uh, Wednesday at 4.30 Eastern. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next week.